Right, you guys, welcome to the Dog Knowledge Podcast. Today I'm going to dig in really deep today and talk about certifications and education for dog trainers, which is sort of a sticky subject, I think, um, if you take it in the wrong way, because this is definitely not a podcast to bash anyone or to criticize other trainers or what they're doing. Uh, the point of me doing this podcast today is to empower the public so that they can make informed decisions when they are hiring a dog trainer, uh, because there is no regulating body for dog training um, Anyone can take your money, tell you they're a, an expert and that they are, you know, the best on the planet and you're not going to know any better. So then they'll charge you some, some hefty dollars and unfortunately your dog could be damaged and that's the real fear for me is that dogs are getting damaged and and also the humans that live with them you know it's not it's not like that it's this isn't going to affect you because it could turn you off of getting help in the future um so it's a safety issue it's an ethical issue and i think that we need to do better uh in terms of of protecting the public so what i'm doing today is i'm trying to break down to you the different certification uh, bodies so that you can understand well why did what do these letters mean and and why are these certifications better than others or, or these are the ones i should be looking for the best way to tell if a trainer has updated education is by the certification that they hold um, because these ones that I'm going to list, they all require continuing education credits submitted each year. For the most part, I'm pretty sure each year to keep your certification current. So the IAABC is one to look at if somebody has uh, a certification under there. Uh, CPDTKA, um, that's another one. And uh, Karen Pryor, so KPA is another one. So those all require continuing education credits actually as well as the PPG, the Pet, Prof Pet Professional Guild. Um, that's a rather new one. It's not the membership for the PPG that I'm talking about, but it's PPAB. So those are some really good certifications for trainers to to have uh, listed. Now, the PPG is, uh, as mentioned, they've, they've got a certification, but they've also have a membership. So that membership to me is really important as well, because this means that whoever has this, or sorry, this um, membership is, they've signed a, a code of ethics that states that they're not going to be using shock collars, e-collars, prong collars, choke collars, use force, intimidation, or fear when working with animals. This applies to dog walkers um, as well as uh, anybody that's working with animals can have a membership. And I really think that that, that is a big statement to make to the public that you're dedicated to ensuring that you're not doing certain things to their pet. Um, so I think that that's a great one for everyone to have. And it's, it's a wonderful organization. Are there other certifications that people can have that require continuing education credits? Yes, absolutely. I'm sure that there are. But the reason why that I've, I have listed and, and chosen the ones that I was discussing is because they are progressive. So that means that they're not using old methods that were derived in the 
the dark ages that are causing harm to animals. Um, that doesn't guarantee that if somebody has these certifications that they aren't doing that, but there's a less likelihood that they are because there are a code of ethics that are attached to these, um, these certifying bodies and all of their, um, most of them, they're, they're teaching their foundations in everything that they're teaching for webinars or any continuing ed are all based on progressive training that does not use harmful force and punishment. Speaking personally, I, because I work in a field that is unregulated and that there are um, really questionable things going on and folks charging money for it, it's really important to me personally to make sure that I have up-to-date education and ongoing education and have a set of standards in place that make sure that when I'm charging clients money that they are getting what it is that they, I, in my opinion, deserve. They deserve the best. And, and I think that when we're working with pets and if you were working with children, I think it would be the same thing as that you know, you really don't want to mess around. You want to, because it, it, if you're working with a, a vulnerable species, then you want to make sure you're not doing any harm. If there's a small chance that what I'm doing is going to, to harm the dog uh, emotionally, and that there are going to be side effects or uh, something in the future that I am responsible for that goes wrong, I, I can't live with myself. So that's, that's a personal set of standards and ethics for me. I'm not saying anybody else has to do that, but that's why I think it's really important in such a precarious field of work to have, to push for standards and to push for, to have, you know, as much current education as possible and then to have the best certifications that are being offered right now. Um, because I just, I wouldn't be able to take people's money without doing that. Again, that's, it's an individual thing, but I think that, you know, if we don't have regulation in this field to protect people, then it's got to come from within and it's got to come from within the industry and, and each of us as trainers pushing for those standards um, without regulation being in place. If we're talking about education, uh, there are lots of different options. And I know that when I first started, I had no idea what, where, what route to go. Uh, you know, do I just, do I shadow under somebody? Do I take a program? Does it need to be in person? Can it be distance? Uh, is it a university or a college? Like, where am I, where am I going to get this, this education? So like most people, I started researching online and taking a look at different local programs as well as looking at distance programs. And I knew that for me, I, I needed a solid foundation of behavioral science. I need to understand how this works internally first before I, and how animals work in that way before I then start actually doing hands-on work with them. So for me, I personally started with a, um, a year-long distance program called CASI, and that was the Companion Animal Sciences Institute. James O'Hare is the teacher, and he is a behaviorologist, and he's written more than 20 books. He's IAABC certified, um, and these courses are very heavy in science, and that's exactly what I was looking for. He, um, you can actually take a look at 
the programs online if you'd like. And that is, I'm just looking it up right now while we're talking. It's Kazi, C-A-S-I-N-S-T-I-T-U-T-E. You'd always just type in Companion Animal Sciences Institute. I was actually really happy with that program. Um, you can, it's a, it's a course that you could take, you know, while you're already working in another field to get your feet wet. Okay. So that was me. And then I, I ended up, um, observing some classes under some other trainers and then decided I needed to go back to school. It just wasn't enough. So I was then looking at Karen Pryor, uh, versus the Academy for Dog Trainers with Jean Donaldson. The reason I chose the Academy for Dog Trainers um, versus Karen Pryor is because the advice that I was given is that KPA or Karen Pryor is it's clicker training and it's great for mechanical skills. But what I really wanted was to be able to work with dogs that had um, maybe even severe aggression issues. I wanted that full body of knowledge and um, the Academy for Dog Trainers is exactly what I got. It was a two-year really intense program that involves seminars and lectures, video submissions, and some really rigorous testing. You really don't, you can't sort of skate under <laughs> this uh, this program and, and get through it um, very easily. And that's what I wanted to really challenge myself. So again, I'm not putting down any other programs. That's just the direction that I went. Um, and financially, yeah, it was, it was expensive. It ended up being probably close to $9,000 and it was worth every penny because it's a program that I'm actually, I'm still quite involved with. I still get access to their, uh, their webinars, um, the full library of webinars, which gosh, there could be hundreds at this point. (laughs) Um, and so it was the best decision that I ever made. Uh, Victoria Stillwell, if you haven't heard of her, you can take a look at uh, her programs as well. They have some new uh, programs out. I have a certification with Victoria Stillwell, but I did not take their training program. It was a totally different process to become certified um, as a uh, positively um, Victoria Stillwell dog trainer. So you can take a look at Victoria Stillwell's uh, education programs as well. They are distance and I wouldn't be afraid of the distance uh, learning programs because the great thing is, is that I can fit it into my schedule. It doesn't mean that it's, it's any easier, um, you know, video submission and, and getting coaching from teachers that was all included in, in the programs that I ha- have taken so far. And so I, I wouldn't be afraid of that at all. So that's just sort of a wrap up of of the courses that I can suggest for foundation and um and then more in depth would be the Academy for Dog Trainers. I really don't know right now uh anything that compares to it and so I highly recommend it if you really want to take it to the next level. Memberships to different dog training organizations um and the different associations those memberships don't guarantee that uh, your the dog trainer that you're hiring has a certain amount of education or experience or abides to by certain um, ethical standards. So the the major ones that most people have in in United States and Canada are going to be the APDT, which is the Association of Pet Dog Trainers, and the uh, Canadian Association of, of Professional Pet Dog Trainers. 
So I'm sure there are others, I'm not going to list all of them, but that doesn't mean that these aren't organizations that are doing good things. I'm not sure about the the C-A-P-P-D-T, but the A-P-D-T puts on some great conferences with some really progressive dog trainers. And um, so those are, are, they're great. Oftentimes they're really great organizations, but that doesn't mean that if you're, if somebody has a membership that they're abiding to certain standards. Um, the pet professional guild is one I know that you do actually have to commit to certain standards for you to even have a membership with them. So um, these initiatives, I think they're great because they provide some education opportunities for trainers um, in a way to network. But again, it's probably not the best way to set um, standards uh, for hiring a trainer, in my opinion, of course. So in closing, if you're looking to hire a pet professional or trainer, um, some great places to look to see if somebody is certified would be, I always uh, say, check the PPG, the Pet Professional Guild. Do they have a membership? Um, Again, that doesn't mean they're certified, um, but does that show that they've got a level of commitment to using humane practices? Um, other places to look would be the IAABC and uh, is somebody certified through the IAABC. The Academy for Dog Trainers, the letters that you're looking for are CTC and they have a trainer listing on their website as well. Uh, KPA, they've got listings as well on their website uh, as well as uh, CPDT. Um, so those are a couple of other ones that you can look for. But the ones that I mentioned at the top of, of this segment are going to be the best, in my opinion. Um, again, I'm not, uh, this is not saying negative, anything negative about anybody ha- who has other certifications, but that's just based on my research and, and my experience. And um, so take it for what it is. I hope that this segment or this podcast has been helpful and clarified a few things for you. I know it can be confusing. Um all these letters and certifications and and programs. So I hope that the summary was helpful and that if you're looking to start to become a dog trainer yourself, that it helps you navigate this confusing world. (laughs) Thanks for joining us today on the podcast and we will hopefully have you join us soon. Mm -hmm.